Bismillah. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa lah amma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So alhamdulillah we've covered the first two ayat. Ba'da a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Ida as-sama'un fatarat wa ida al-kawakibun tatharat. وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ فُجِّرَتْ Allah Ta'ala says in ayah number three, بَعَدَ عَرُضُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ فُجِّرَتْ wa meaning and, إِذَا meaning when. البحار is the plural of بحر, بحر meaning an ocean. There's also بحور, uh, there's different plurals for the word بحر, but anyway this one is بِحَارُ when the seas are فُجِّرَتْ The verb فَجَّرَ يُفَجِّرُ تَفْجِيرًا means to explode or to erupt. And so there are a number of opinions as to what this is describing. So we just you can imagine this individual looking up at the heavens above and seeing complete and utter chaos. The entire universe seems to be unraveling above him. Then he sees that the oceans are now, you could say, bubbling up or boiling over. There are a few opinions. The first opinion is that this is a reference to salt water and fresh water mixing. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-Rahman, that Allah Ta'ala releases the two seas meeting side by side between them is a barrier and then neither of them transgress and so now we're finding out that the order of the world is now falling apart and so the seas are mixing this is one opinion however another opinion is that this is a reference to the oceans boiling up and then flooding over the earth you have to understand that uh, seas represent Danger. The ocean represents danger, even for us. I mean, if somebody says, I was lost at sea or something like this, I mean, that's the worst thing to be, right? I, you know, the plane went down. Oh, that's terrible. The, the plane went down into the ocean. That's even worse, right? So the sea represents chaos and fear, uncertainty, uh, uh, danger, etc. And this was especially true for the Arabs, the ancient Arabs, who weren't very experienced sailors at that time. Later on in history, uh, when Islam came and they started to become more, uh, having stronger militaries, yes, they actually developed uh, more, you could say, naval fleets, whatever the case may be. However, at that time, the ocean, they, these are des desert people. And so, to them, they're not used to swimming, they're not used to the ocean, so this is something extremely fearful. And so now, the seas are erupting and spreading over onto the earth. Basically, there's mass floodings, which is representing this chaos spreading onto the land as well. So it's a very scary scene. A third opinion is that this is a reference to the oceans lighting on fire and burning. Whether it be some sort of combustion, whether it be, I don't know, oil erupting, I don't know, well, Allah knows best, Allah knows what's going to happen in the future. But there are different uh, uh, interpretations that say, what, this is a reference to the oceans being on fire, and there seems to be strong evidence for this, given the fact that Allah Ta'ala mentions in the surah previous to this, surah 81, which is surah uh, Taqweer, ayah number 6, وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ And when the seas are filled with flames. So it does seem like there will be this time where the seas will be on fire themselves. Also, Allah says in Surah Al-Tur, ayah number 6, وَالْبَحْرِ الْمَسْجُورِ And by the sea which is filled and uh, you know, is usually understood filled with flames. مَسْجُورِ uh, uh, And another opinion is what? That the oceans will be dried up. And you can imagine all of this happening together. You can imagine the oceans sort of becoming chaotic, boiling over, mixing together, and then spilling over onto the earth, and then something ignites and lights them on fire, and then ultimately they uh, dry out and dry up. You can imagine this as a sequence, and so subhanAllah, these are all possibilities. Now, we do know that Allah Ta'ala will eventually flatten everything, and all the treasures uh, of the earth and all the bodies in the earth will come out to the surface, as Allah Ta'ala says, وَيَسْأَلُونَكَ عَنِ الْجِبَالِ فَقُلْ يَنْسِفُهَا رَبِّي نَسْفَا Allah says, and they will ask you about the mountains, so say, my Lord will blow them away with a blast and he will leave the earth a level, flat 
plane, and you will not see they're in any depression or elevation. So obviously, if you imagine the earth becoming flattened out, you can imagine that the water would spill over and, fl and, and, and flood everywhere as well. And so, when the sky above you and when the ocean below are in chaos, somebody might say to themselves in a moment like that, well, at least I can take refuge in the fact that I'm going to be dead soon. You know, at least I can take refuge in death. It's all, it's all going to be over, and then I can at least be free of this chaotic scene. Except the very next ayah, what does Allah Ta'ala say? وَإِذَا الْقُبُورُ بُعْثِرَتْ Allah Ta'ala says in the very next ayah, and then when the graves are بُعْثِرَتْ are, you could say, scattered or dumped out and poured over. This is a very, so this is telling us what? That subhanAllah, no, there is no refuge even in death. There's many different words for the grave in the Arabic language that we find in the Qur'an. Qabr, the plural of which is qubur, is a grave. Then you have uh, uh, marqad, uh, is, uh, is another one. Um, you also have uh, maqbara, maqbara, um, maqabir, right? And then you have uh, jadath, which is ajdath. There's many different terms for graves, and they all have their special nuance. But here Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَا الْقُبُورُ بُعْثِرَةٌ this could imply that the earth will spit out its dead bodies, which is, seems to be the most common understanding. But in addition to this, we know that there are a hadith that mention how, and we've talked about this in previous uh, uh, classes and previous sessions, about how the earth will be vomiting up its gold and its silver. People won't even care. Uh, whatever natural resources are coming out, it won't even matter. So the earth will just be vomiting out people as well as its different precious metals, but people will be too afraid at that time anyhow. The, the verb ba'thara is a very interesting verb. Because, wallahu ta'ala alam, it seems to be a combination of two other verbs. Uh, Ba'atha, which means to send something out, and athara yuthiru, which means to agitate or to provoke something. And so when you stick these two words together, uh, you get ba'athara, which means, you can imagine like when you have a big, like kids when they have like a big uh, uh, um, sort of a box full of toys and they want to play with their toys, they dump it out and they start fishing through it and they start, you know, moving around and pushing things around to, to, to really search well. Well, Wallahu ta'ala a'lam, ba'thara seems to mean what? Exact same thing. The earth will dump out its bodies and then will be analyzing and will eventually be judging these people. And this combination, this idea of combining words is nothing new. We know that uh, the basmala, for example, the verb basmala, yubasminu, uh, means what? Or means it's a combination of uh, the bism, bismillah. It's, it's, a, it's the verb of bismillah. So this happens in Arabic quite often. Other tribes used to pronounce this verb as ba'thara, uh, instead of a uh, 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 an, uh, ha instead of an ain, but uh, it still has the same meaning, and Allah knows best. This this verb, by the way, only occurs twice in the Quran, in this ayah and in the other ayah that the Imam just read, mashallah tabarakallah, which is what. Uh, but does he not know that when the contents of the graves are scattered and that which is in the chest is uh, obtained? So Allah Taala used this ba'thara twice in the Quran. What's very fascinating about these uh, first four ayat is you'll notice that there is a balance between it. Actually, this concept of duality comes up several times in this surah. So what do I mean by duality? Well, you have two ayat referencing what is above and then two ayat referencing what is below. The sky and the stars above you and then the ocean and the uh, earth or the bodies and the graves beneath you. So you have this uh, pairing. What's also interesting is that with regards to the earth, uh, you have both the grave and the ocean, both are places of secrets, right? So from a thematic perspective, you see that, you know, we know that we think of the grave as a place of secrets because somebody dies, they say, oh, I take those secrets to the grave, right? Lots of secrets in the graveyard, you know, things like this. People say these types of things because when somebody dies, that's it. Everything they knew goes away. And furthermore, when you want to get rid of something, what do they think of doing? Dump it in the ocean. Nobody's going to find it there. The ocean is full of secrets, right? We, we even with all of our technology, there's certain areas of the ocean we still haven't explored. And, you know, every once in a while, a new, 
video comes out, you can find on YouTube where they're like, we had a deep sea diver go so, so deep and they saw some animal, they still haven't, don't even know what it is and so big and so this, that. SubhanAllah, there's so much we don't know uh, about the ocean. So both of these represent places of secrets. So uh, what's interesting is that the very next verse highlights that every secret, secret will come out. From uh, every secret will be known. Subhanallah, which we're going to talk about in a moment. But before I get there, I also want to uh, bring attention to the fact that Subhanallah, how interesting is it that Allah Ta'ala goes from the biggest down to the smallest? And you could see this as uh, a, 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 a means of humbling the human being. So the sky is the biggest. And then after that, you have the stars, which are the biggest things in the sky. You see them being completely thrown out of orbit. Uh, they're being affected anyhow because the whole sky is coming apart. So you have the sky and then the stars and planets, I should say. So the next biggest thing that we can, you know, sort of conceive of, if you will. And then after that, we go down now to the, ocean, to the, to the, to the earth. And then on the earth, the biggest thing is what? The ocean. And then after that, you have the earth itself. And then within that earth, you have the human beings with their graves inside of it. So subhanAllah, it's like, look, you're not that important, basically. You know, you think of yourselves as human beings, it's like, oh, this is going to be the biggest day because it's all about me. It's like, no, no, no. Go from the biggest, then smaller, then smaller, smaller, and then, then I get to you. Yeah, SubhanAllah. So uh, it really uh, puts uh, a little bit of humility into us. Uh, I want to finish with this ayah, this next ayah, inshallah. This, I have some commentary on it, but I want to finish with this ayah because the next one is, is, is big and long, inshallah. But, so this is the last ayah, inshallah. Allah Ta'ala says what? After mentioning, skies coming apart, stars are being shot, and, 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 the, and the orbit, uh, I shouldn't just say stars, I should say stars, and also just the heavenly bodies, like planets, etc., and comets, and everything. Everything's just going completely in chaos, and then you look to the earth, and you see the oceans, and you see the earth, and everything's just in complete, complete chaos. SubhanAllah, at that moment, the only thing that's not chaotic, the only thing that is crystal clear is what? Your choices. The choices that you made. You know every single choice that you made. Imagine that. The sky is completely out of whack, the stars are out of whack, the earth is completely going crazy, the oceans are going crazy, everything is chaotic, but guess what's crystal clear? Man, I know what I did with my life. I know every choice that I made is right in front of me. SubhanAllah. Alimat nafsun ma qaddamat wa akharat. Allah Ta'ala says that Alimat nafsun. And by the way, nafsun is nakira, it's, it's um, indefinite. It's not an nafs, right? It's nafsun. That means each and every single soul, each and every single individual uh, will know ma qaddamat. What it has sent forth and what it kept back. So before we get into that uh, interesting point about these first five ayat, you could see them as three different stages of Judgment Day. Seeing the sky being torn and the, and the stars coming out of, uh, and, and, and the heavenly bodies coming out of alignment and seeing the oceans boil up, you could say this is the first stage of Judgment Day, which is the destruction. Then everybody dies. Second stage of Judgment Day is what? Everybody gets brought back, Right? This is the qubur. Uh, Everybody's coming out of the grave. That's stage two, which is mentioned in ayah number four. And now you could say this is the third stage of judgment day, which is what? When the actual judgment begins. So now, you, this is one way of looking at the ayat. That's it's, it's, you know, destruction, then resurrection, and now judgment. So it's a very brief but powerful, succinct method of mentioning all of this. And by the way, when we think of these ayat, we should think of this... Uh, uh, we should think about it for each one. So, Allah Ta'ala says, you know, when the, when the sky is being ripped, then you'll know exactly which, what you've... Uh, excuse me. When the sky is being ripped, you're going to know exactly what you sent forth and what you left back. Then when, this, when, the, when, the, when the heavenly bodies are being shot in every direction, you're going to know what you've done. 
You're going to know what you sent forth and what you held back. When the oceans are bubbling over and exploding, you're going to know exactly what you sent forth and what you, sent, what you held back. So you could look at this, this uh, statement as before each and every single one of these ayat. Wallahu ta'ala It seems like a very powerful way of understanding it. This obviously parallels the, the ayah that is mentioned in the surah right before it, which is what? Alimat nafsum ahbarat. Every soul will know what it has brought forth. So these surahs are, go hand in hand. Now, how do we understand this statement? Alimat nafsum ma qaddamat wa akharat. What does that mean? Every single soul, every single individual will know what it put forth and what is left behind. What does that mean? So the first possibility is that the first things and the last things that a person did will be known. In other words, you'll know your entire life. In other words, everything will be clear from beginning to end. It's kind of like, you could say it's like a statement of saying, from beginning to end, your complete history. And this is very powerful because it shows that everyone will be judged with their origins in consideration. Where did you originate from? What was your original circumstances? And how far did you get from your base starting point, right? And we should always remember that, you know, somebody who's born in the most let's say, practicing Muslim family, their expectation is way higher than the one who was born in the worst of circumstances. His expectation is lower. And I think the hadith that I always like to mention, I've mentioned multiple times, but I'll say it again, inshallah. The hadith that I think is, that, that highlights this the most is the hadith about the individual who, they were very thirsty, they saw that a dog was thirsty, they go down into a well, they get some water, they give it to the dog, and then Allah says, I give you paradise. Now, obviously, anybody can ask the question, okay, khalas, I'll just go get some water, give it to a dog, and I'm good to go. You know, I, I can do that in the next five minutes. No, no, no big deal, right? But the question is, is that enough? And the answer is, well, look at that individual's circumstances and look at your circumstances, right? So, wallahu a'lam, maybe that person was from a broken family, maybe they had lots of addiction, maybe they had lots of abuse, maybe they're from a war-torn area, and, 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 you could keep on piling on. And so for them to do that one deed was so much. Whereas for someone like, in our circumstances, it must be much easier. So this is why things are relative. So, ma qaddamat wa akharat is saying the whole thing is taken in perspective. That's one possibility. The most common uh, interpretation, rather, is, uh, however, is what? Ma qaddamat is what you chose to do in your life, wa ma akharat is what you neglected, what you said. Okay, this because every, every time you make a choice, you're hearing this message, that means you're not somewhere else. It's pretty obvious, right? Every time you decide to do A, that means B, C, D, all the other options you left off, right? So subhanAllah, you, everything will be clear as to the choices you made and that which you chose not to do. Ma qaddamat wa akharat can also mean what? The good deeds that you sent forth to the afterlife, like for example, I gave money in charity, and then I'm going to see it in the akhirah. And then, the, then, what you left behind, as in what you left for inheritance for your family. You're going to know, what did I send forward to the, to the akhirah, and what did I invest only in the dunya itself. So if you spent all your time investing in your property, and then you leave your property, like, oh man, all that money I spent you know, on my investing in my house, and my this, and my, my pool, and my whatever the case is, well, I guess I had to leave it. Whereas all of everything that I sent forward to the akhirah, that I'm going to finally see waiting for me in paradise, inshallah ta'ala. Ma qaddamat wa akharat means what? What you did enth- enthusiastically, what you rushed, to f- rushed towards, what you did enthusiastically, versus what you begrudgingly did, what you delayed, a taswif, what you procrastinated, <clears throat> what you procrastinated to do, what you put off later and later and later, maybe even until it was too late. And so, you know, many of us, we say, oh, I'll do this when I'm free of responsibility. The fact is, you're never free of com- responsibility. Responsibilities don't end. You're, there's always going to be something else that someone's going to say, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? So, subhanAllah, you have to make time for your deen. So, the fact is, ma qaddamat, what did you enthusiastically rush towards? Versus, wa akharat, is that which you did begrudgingly or maybe even put off altogether. Another perspective is, ma qaddamat, is what you did in your early life, and then of course, yeah, wa akharat, what you did in your later life, we mentioned that one, and how you, how you change, how you progress as an individual, the whole perspective will be there. Uh, so, ma qaddamat 
is, could be what you want to bring forth and show others. You will know exactly the things that you are proud of. The things that you want to tell everybody. You know what I did? So imagine, judgment day is happening, you get resurrected, and now Allah Ta'ala is saying, you're going to know exactly what you, which deeds, oh, I went to Hajj, and I woke up for Fajr, and I gave this much charity. You're going to know exactly the things that you want to put forth and show. Versus, وَأَخَّرَتْ you're going to know exactly what you wish. Oh, can I hide that? Can I, I, don't, can, I don't want anybody to see that one. Just can we rip out that page of my book of deeds and just pretend it's not there? You know, can we wipe that one away? You're going to know exactly the things you want to put forth and the things you want to hide away because you know it's bad. And then another uh, uh, um, uh, a final perspective is مَا قَدَّمَتْ is what you did yourself individually. وَأَخَّرَتْ is the impact you left behind. What a powerful way of understanding this, subhanAllah. Because it's what you do in your life. And then you do whatever you do throughout your life, you die, and then whatever impact you had, that's going to be felt by the people after you, right? So, وَمَا أَخَّرَتْ is the sunnah you left for others, and that could be good or bad. Some people, they, I don't know, uh, create a, a trend that becomes popular, and then subhanAllah, they're getting the sayyat. It's an evil trend. It's an evil habit that people keep doing year after year. They're getting all of the sins for that, and, say, and vice versa. Somebody builds a masjid, and that was the deed they did, but then subhanAllah, all the people, Sadaqatul Jariyah, as we know, as the Prophet said, what? مَنْ سَنَّ سُنَّةً حَسَنَةً فَعُمِلَ بِهَا بَعْدَهُ كَانَ لَهُ أَجْرُهَا وَمِثْلُ أُجُورِهِمْ مِنْ غَيْرِ أَنْ يَنْقُصَ مِنْ أُجُورِهِمْ شَيْئًا That whoever introduces a good practice and is followed thereafter, uh, is followed in that, uh, will have the reward and the equivalent of other people's reward without uh, detracting from their reward in the slightest. And the same thing, but whoever innovates and begins a evil practice, then they're going to get the sin of the people that follow them as well. So may Allah Ta'ala protect us from that. The Prophet, the Prophet also says what? إِذَا مَاتَ الْإِنسَانُ إِنْ عَنْهُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثَةٍ إِلَّا مِنْ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ أَوْ عِلْمٍ يُنْتَفَعُ بِهِ أَوْ وَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ يَدْعُ لَهُ That when a man dies, his actions come to an end, but there are three things that are a continuous charity, that is knowledge that he left behind for people to benefit from, a pious child, and who pray, uh, uh, excuse me, a returning charity, the first one was a, returning, uh, a recurring charity, something he invested in was a charity, and it keeps on people to keep benefiting. The second one was knowledge, which he uh, gave and people keep learning from. And then finally, a, pi a pious child that keeps on praying for him. There are many different ayat that are similar to this ayah, in which Allah Ta'ala says, for example, Man will be informed on that day of what he sent ahead and what he kept back. Furthermore, Allah says, That the day every soul will find what it has done of good present before it and what it has done of evil as well. And so subhanAllah, before it's too late, you're thinking about this scene that you're going to have your whole life laid out in front of you, all the good and all the bad, all the opportunities and all the missed opportunities. Everything's going to be right in front of you. Before it's too late, Allah Ta'ala then speaks to the human being and says what? Ya ayyuhal insan. Speaking very, you know, you could say subhanAllah, very direct, very compassionate, very beautiful, directly to the heart. Ya ayyuhal insan. Ma gharraka bi rabbika al-kareem. Oh, oh mankind, oh human being, what has deceived you? What has deluded you? What has distracted you from your Lord, your generous Lord? Your Lord who is so generous and merciful and kind and noble. SubhanAllah. Uh, but we're not going to get into that ayah today. Inshallah, we're going to get into it next week. Bidhanillahi ta'ala. Jamdala khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala. Wa barakatuh.